I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Hey y'all, welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. This is episode 122. (gasps) My goodness. And? And? It's your last episode before summer break. It is your last episode before summer break. You're sad. We understand you're sad. I know you hear that and you're like... Oh, man. But, like, like, we promise you. The month is going to fly by. It is. And if you want to listen to any of our old episodes, it's very easy for you to do so. A, you can go to soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. Give us a follow on there for when we come back. Yeah. When the new episodes come back, you'll just be notified immediately. If you're like, I do not have time for that. I have a recovery group for my opiate, for my opiate addiction. <laughs> Or I need to make sure all of my clothing is tie dye for Pride. I have to go to the, I have to go to the walking clinic for all the things I did at Pride and after Pride because y'all in Toronto, they goes. Yeah, be careful, guys. Use condoms. Stay safe, y'all. Also, if you are too busy making condom balloon animals at Pride, if you're like I had a gumball bikini to make for would- my position on the float for the Pride parade, it's far too busy. I had to make sure my ass was hanging out of it, so I had to make sure my ass was. Toit. Toit. To get that that ass toit. Yep. Requires a lot, Caitlin. Yeah. I got a lot to do. I got to I gotta make sure I can, like, I, I've got, I've, sorry, I've cleaned off the, like, lard off my famous, like, sparkly, shiny boots for pride because um, that's the only way to get them on. <laughs> like, you know, I'm busy. I am covered in baby powder from putting on <laughs> leather pants. I've got, things, I've got things to do. I need to, like, get back to my... Pride was amazing, but unfortunately, we have to get back to our regular lives. But it yeah. takes a lot of decompressing, debriefing. I don't have time. Cleaning. It takes tons of cleaning. I don't have time to go all the way back to Keel and SoundCloud. <laughs> the sketchiest of neighborhoods. <laughs> to pick up your podcast. Listen, the rents are cheap, so <laughs> that's where we host it. We understand. But really, whatever device you're using, however you get your audio content... However that is. The Googles, the Apples, the Stitchers. The noobs. (laughs) The noobs. However you do it, the signal goes out from your device of choice, and he gets word. Oh, and he comes sliding through. On his um, pride uh, unicorn of love. It's pride. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) I love how confused you were. Does he have multiple? Like like it's a pride of unicorns? No. No. It's... (laughs) it's because it's pride, yes. He's, he's riding his, his festive pride unicorn of friendship. Name Philip. His name's Philip. Yep. Fantastic. <laughs> Chauncey and Philip. <laughs> Take it to the sky. <laughs> oh, so yeah, Chauncey and Philip. Just scooching through these guys on a rainbow of friendship to deliver you piping hot fresh episodes of the geek town every week it's all you have to do yep that's it go see your man's chauncey that's why he brings it to you he will he will set you up he's got a trench coat 
He's like, bam, do you need a Geek Down episode? I got Geek Down episodes. Only if it's Chauncey. <laughs> Only if it's Chauncey. Don't approach any other stranger just wearing a trench coat. He has an official Geek Down ID. If anyone else says they have episodes in a trench coat, call the police. <laughs> Immediately. If you have seen a Chauncey impersonator... You need to. That was just for Jacqueline, who says she loves the double gas. Oh, Kira loves it too. Apparently, oh, okay. the double gas is real popular. Real popular. One okay. the listeners. If you have seen a Chauncey impersonator and you need to, before you call the police, call us. Yeah. Through any of our socials. First and foremost, twitter.com at geekdownpod. We have an Instagram. It's also at geekdownpod. We have a uh, email, just Ge- geekdownpod at gmail.com. Yeah. And we have the. Old, dusty mall of social medias. You're only going there because it's dollar drink days and the dusty McDonald's in the food court. And you know what? There's that store that every so often actually has a good deal on like a Vegematic or something. <laughs> it's like it's like a like an old McDonald's that hasn't been renovated. A pale issue shoe source. It still has a weird like like play place, but from like the 90s. It's got, listen, you fucking nerds. You want your Szechuan sauce? It's still there at this McDonald's yeah. buried under the counter. Dusty, left over from the original Mulan promotion. They yeah. also have the Mulan toys. <laughs> they do still have the Mulan toys. Oh, God, please do not flood <laughs> the imaginary McDonald's <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the decrepit mall of social media that is Facebook. But you can flood our Facebook page oh at www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. God, just nailed it. Nailed it. You know why she nailed it, friends? Why did she nail She's it? She's high as a fucking kite right now. <laughs> so high. Uh, I am in pain, so I am on drugs. Kids, only do drugs if you're in pain. <laughs> we'll take emotional as well. But uh, there's an opioid crisis. Oh, in, in God. Moder- in moderation, as directed by your doctor. As directed by your doctor. Do not pick up drugs like street drugs. Those are terrible. Stay away from any... Even when I was in the hospital, when they were like, we're going to give you painkillers like back in November, mm. I was like, they're not op- opioids, are yeah. they? Just like, I was really no actually... No yeah, Over like, here, please. Very... And I've been told by other people, like, make sure you ask. Make sure you don't take anything. Because it, um, it can be habit-forming. And that's where sort of the devastation is. Oh. Sorry, that got real, Jeez, like... Just, God, keeping a leash on you from going from light really to dark, dark. is going to be... I was about to tell a fun story about having my buddy who had emergency surgery last weekend and had me bring some Percocets to work tonight. Because rap music makes Percocets sound so fun, Kate. Rap music makes everything sound fun, Jordan. <laughs> my buddy was like, Jordan, there's a crisis. And I'm like, I know, I have FOMO. <laughs> Everyone... Everyone else is getting to enjoy Percocets, but me, I just want to listen to Future and Zone Out. If you are... In wonder and fascination about all the many subjects we talk about here on the Geek Down Podcast. And you're like, you know what? I would like to support that endeavor. So much value added to my life by the Geek Down Pod. They deserve a little compensation. They do. We say thank you, friends. Thank you, indeed. There are a couple ways we can accommodate your desire to give us money. Yes, there are actually many ways. Multiple ways now. First and foremost, patreon.com slash geekdownpod. All the information about our Patreon campaign is that is there. You can uh, learn all about the tiers that you can donate to this endeavor. Yes. One, sometimes three, five, ten, or twenty-five. And the things you get for that, not for nothing, friends. Nope. Going to be a couple things going up during the hiatus. Yep. So if you're all like, oh, I'm going to miss them so much. What am I going to do week to week? You should get on Patreon. Patrons really aren't 
even going to notice we're gone? Probably not. But you might. You'd be sad, lonely without us. And listen, I break down the economics for you every week. You can give a dollar a month. Yeah. That's $12 a year. It's how, amazing. How much does a movie cost? More than that. How much does a dinner cost? Oh, geez. Not even worth it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love to go out to eat. You know what I love to do? <laughs> Cook at home. That's what I love to do. I love to pay my bills. <laughs> right. The Geek Down Podcast gives you, God, how many hours? So many, how many hours. hours of content in a year. Hours and hours and hours. Hangs with your BFFs. Week in, week out. In a year, you're probably getting like, what, close to 60 hours? Oh, yeah. Easily? Easily. Of content every year? 60 hours. It's amazing. That's like... It's astonishing. That's a BBC prestige television program. That is. We don't have the class, but... <laughs> if you're watching that, you're probably watching it on Netflix or another streaming service, which costs you like $120 a year. Ugh. <laughs> Tell me that a tenth of the cost isn't worth it to you people? I'm mad now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got mad out of nowhere. Don't, don't, yell, don't yell at the donors. Anyway, learn more about the Patreon over there. But if you're like, listen, monthly expense, that seems a little, I'm a little uncomfortable with that. And if you're like us and pretty poor, you're like, uh. You don't want that money to sneak up on you. No. I'm startled by Spotify every month. Um, When you are trying to make sure you have enough money in your account for when they pull your insurance, you $1 makes a difference. But understand, if you want to make sure you are kept full of salami, maybe a monthly expenditure, not something you can really swing. Friends, we can accommodate that, too. Absolutely. KO-FI.com slash GeekDownPod. Kofi. Or coffee. Coffee, Kofi. Or, yeah, Kofi. Kofi. We don't know. Puts the control back into your hands, friends. Yeah. If you want to be like, you know what? Cheers, guys. Here's a, I'm raising a, a, a teacup, an old lady teacup to you. Oh, cheers, Jordan. If you want to be like, I want to, I'd like to, to cheers along with them. You can do that. Buy us a coffee. Buy us a coffee. Kofi.com slash geekdownpod. One tier. $3. $3 Canadian. If you're American, you probably lost that in the laundry this week. Yep. Or you're laughing because it's worth nothing. It's like 45 cents American. You can buy us one coffee. Buy us as many coffees as you want. But that's it. If you buy us a coffee this week and then decide three months from now you want to buy us another coffee, you can do that too. Yeah. Control is in your hands. And I'm going to tell you, friends, we recognize how blessed we are to get even $3 from you. Oh, absolutely. Like the $3 we got from the homie Vesco. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I apologize if I'm pronouncing it wrong. But You know who you are. You know who you are. And we thank you. Yes. For your coffee. Thank you for your coffee. And thank you to all our Patreon patrons. We actually love you guys. And like, listen, I will throw up the screen caps of the conversation that happened an hour after Caitlin left here last week when we got our coffee from Vesco and, and Facebook Messenger was what? like, what is happening? <laughs> we never, were very excited. You've never seen two people get more excited for $3 <laughs> in your life. But that's just how we are because we appreciate people willing to part with their money you wanna, for this endeavor. You want to know what else I appreciate? What? Life. <laughs> Drugs? <laughs> Well, yes, because it's made up. You know what? This this uh, podcast is sponsored by uh, Kofi, Patreon, and drugs. Drugs, <laughs> but only the ones that are prescribed by your doctor for pain. Yes. Um, but also, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to warn everyone. Um, they won't be able to actually see me through this. But I am starting a new diet. It is not a diet to lose weight. 
it is a, like a life diet change and it sucks and it's horrible. And you guys are glad that you won't hear from me for the full month of July because I will be a mess. <laughs> I'm not allowed any refined sugar. It's just all like vegetables and complex carbohydrates and fiber. Blah. But they're letting you keep rice. Yeah, but it it's brown rice. And that means that, like, even if I go out for sushi, I have to ask for, like, the awful, like, healthy sushi. <sighs> but you need your mercury-laced fatty tuna. I do. I'm allowed to have a ton of fish. I'm not allowed to have any processed meat, so no salami for me, which I just sort of, like, latched onto as a lifesaver because I can't have cheese. Um, I can't have anything, like, processed. No fast foods. Uh, not a lot of red meat. I'm a mess, Jordan. I'm a mess. I'm already sad, and I haven't even started it yet. <laughs> I was supposed to start it over the weekend, but I failed miserably. And you have never seen a person tear into a pack of salami like this kid did when she got here, because she knows it's one of the last salami times she's getting. I was supposed to start it on Friday, and then fate was like, I'm going to test you, and I failed. On my way out from work, there was all this free food, <laughs> and I just like... Probably people were like, who the hell is this bitch? And I was just like putting like Spanakapita in my like in my bag. Who's got a bag full of egg salad sandwiches? <laughs> they had finger sandwiches. I was like, okay, Spanakapita's um, uh, sausage rolls and finger sandwiches. What's a spinnacle? What? what? Spanakapita or Spanakopita. It's the, okay, so it's a pastry and it has spinach and cheese in oh, the middle. Oh, that thing, right, right. It's the tastiest fucking thing you've ever had. They put tzatziki with it, which doesn't make any sense because it usually doesn't come with tzatziki. But I like piled on tzatziki, <laughs> which I also can't have. And then the sausage rolls were really, really good. And I went back twice for more sausage rolls. And it was bad. I got very, very sick. It was very, very bad. I failed. Caitlin's on a doctor-mandated diet. I'm on a like informal diet because my stunting clothes came in Yeah. this week. I sent Caitlin a couple, a couple photos. Stunting outfits. I said on Twitter, my aesthetic for the summer is basically a Wu-Tang weed carrier on vacation in Cuba. I think you look like Wash from Firefly. Wash didn't wear him like as buttoned up as I do. No. You're very you're much more stylishly than he did. Um, and, but, and the clothes fit. Yep. Really riding the line on some of the items. Some so of the items to- fit better than others and right. some of them are like, ooh. This one in the black, maybe you didn't notice the casing to sausage effect <laughs> on some of them. The white one, mm, maybe highlight a little more. So, I mean, obviously, we don't expect to lose 20 pounds by the time we go home no. next week. But, you know, maybe, uh, maybe make things a little, a little more softer around here. You know, if we just get a little... Is that why you uh, gave me the pack of salami so I could, like, eat half of it? Yes. So, yes. Well, no, I don't normally keep salami in the house. That was specifically for you. Thank you. Um... But I mean, you know, more fucking vegetables, more like... Yeah, it's... The thing, weird thing is, I actually love vegetables when they are prepared for me. (laughs) Right. I do not like preparing vegetables. Vegetables are so much work. They take so long. (laughs) I have to cut them And then they go back because I don't have a lot of time because I have to work nights which is also taking years off my life as i've learned when did, what when, when did you learn this i mean i already knew yeah but i like looked up articles to get some of the specifics 
my heart's going to fail like next week. <laughs> Not if you eat those vegetables. And some of the things they were saying were like, you know, you can watch your electrolytes. Maybe you should be drinking like an electrolyte drink. Right. Um, so my juicy drink is now much less fun, although it does look like Windex, which freaks people out. <laughs> uh, and then I started getting, because I drink a lot of water at work, because there's cardboard and it's very yeah. dry and whatnot. And then I worried that I was drinking too many electrolytes. And I had to, <laughs> <laughs> had to look up that and I'm either going to unlock the full capacity of my brain because it's... <laughs> Or I'm going to have kidney failure. <laughs> One of the two. So I got to be watching that. Um, don't eat a full meal, even if it's like, even if you're up all night and that's when you're up. Yeah. Like, don't eat a lot. Well, I'm already, I have to eat smaller portions, but it can be really difficult because I'm like working and running around and you should see the state of my fucking keyboard. It's just so gross. Every week I've got to like take the like cold spray thing and like spray out all the crumbs from various foods because I'm eating at my desk because that's all I can do, right? Because I have to have these smaller meals. So, Like I was reading like not even like maybe you have like a meal meal when you wake up. But I mean, as far as like, you know, your lunch break, just like have like a fucking protein bar or something like don't don't have like a meal meal. And the other thing that (laughs) I've never had a problem falling asleep. Right. On my job, but I feel like maybe the quality of my sleep has not been fantastic. The best, well, maybe because you only sleep at like three hour increments. Uh, listen, not, <laughs> not always accurate. But I had commented before, I think, to you that like you know I need to get a sleep mask. Like I put one randomly on at work once and was yeah. like, "This is amazing! I need to get one of these." <laughs> um, I found like an old headband that I had around here, amazing, and I just randomly like pulled it down over my eyes, and I've been sleeping like that all week. No market improvement already. Oh, I already, I have to wear a sleep mask. Like, I probably slept less on Friday afternoon, but felt better because right. I think the sleep I got was better right. than just like because it's like even if you're sleeping, even if your eyes are closed, like I pull the blinds, but they're not like blackout blinds. Like mm-hmm. some sun is still getting in here, and even if like sun hits your closed eyes, your body's going to be like, "What is happening?" We your be body's like, now. "It's the morning. You should be up. What are you um, doing?" But the upside of that is that my alarm goes off every day and I wake up and freak the fuck out because I don't know what's happening because <laughs> I, I think I'm blind. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's amazing. happened every night this week. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, hi, oh. hi, Caitlin. Things sound so much funnier than the regular Caitlin. I love hi, Caitlin. <laughs> oh, you're always funny. Anyways, just, oh. no, it's just easier for me to laugh like this. What are we going to do without each other? Uh, yeah, so I've got I got my stunt clothes from a trip home. I'm leaving on next Friday, next Saturday. Nice. Uh, for a full-ass week. And that's going to be delightful. I'm just going to chill, do nothing. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Get some writing done. <gasps> that would be nice. That's very important. Ooh, and I found out a graffiti shop in Toronto not only sells the stupid little rabbits oh, okay. that I have. Uh, they have some older ones, both in the store and for sale on their website. So I emailed them last week and was like, hey, yo, y'all actively looking for those? Or Ooh. And they just wrote back with like, yeah, bring them in. Let's do some business. I haven't emailed them back to be like, so y'all need to understand this is not bringing them all in. This is like. Because I take a train and I would like, I would need a need a car. To bring them all back. And right. if you don't buy them, they can't stay here. Right. There's no fucking room for them. Yeah. And so it's basically going to be me taking photos I was gonna say, while I'm down there sending them to like a you know cloud album. Yeah. Being like, if you seriously want any of these, let me know. And let me know. Give me a shout. Um, we will have to do some business over that. So yeah, yo. That's cool. 
Let's get some cash money See, up in here. I was talking to senior correspondent, and I haven't told this story, and I hope he's okay with me telling this story. Senior correspondent. She, she's high, y'all. <laughs> senior correspondent um, was wonderful, and and I was very ill and tired and not being able to like do normal things like laundry, which is what people who have chronic fatigue or uh, fibromyalgia, they talk about that a lot, right? Like the normal everyday stuff is almost impossible. Yes. So he had picked up the slack of doing some laundry. Well... He may have washed some of my hand wash only shirts and put them on Uh-oh. the hand wash cycle of the washing machine, uh-huh. but it ruined a whole bunch of my really nice shirts and I cried. <laughs> I just sobbed. I was like, I have no shirts now. And I'm like out like four shirts. So he felt absolutely terrible. Um, he was just trying his best and I totally get it. And why do I even own hand wash stuff anyways? But <laughs> here we are. I have to work in an office with fancy ladies. So I have to try and, you know, try and not fancy by any means. Fancy ladies. Who <laughs> hang it with Chauncey and Philip. <laughs> oh, good times. Anyways, so I am not fancy by any means, but I try and look relatively put together. It depends on the day of the week. Um, And so he was like, I will try somehow to... Because, again, we don't have a ton of money, right? We're, like, pretty tight. Especially since we're going on vacation and a lot of our money is being put aside. We may have money when we come back. But for now, I'm like, if something happens, we need some kind of, like, nest egg (laughs) of money for the vacation. So he's like, I will sell. He's he, so uh, senior correspondent used to be uh, used to be very into LARPing, mm-hmm. not so much anymore. It, it ta- actually takes a lot of money to LARP and a lot of time. I, I believe it. And um, he just has moved on to other things. And he's like, I'm going to sell my armor. And I feel like this is really tragic, but at the same time, the armor has lived in the garage for like <laughs> a year. So uh, he has this armor, and I was like, well, I could see if I could sell something just to make some extra money. Like, it's a good idea, especially this time of year. People are like looking for things. It's just that summer like garage sale mm-hmm. mentality. I have nothing to sell. There is nothing I own because I don't collect. Because you're not insane and haven't amassed shit. I don't collect. I don't like amass stuff. I don't. I've never been into anything. Like, it's not like I've got like a whole bunch of crochet stuff I need to get rid of. Or Mm. the only thing I could possibly, and no one's going to want them because I buy teacups by, oh, I like that teacup. Not because it's worth something. This was made by this person. I have a lot of teacups, but honestly, they'd go for like a dollar a piece mm-hmm. and no one, no one's going to care about them like I care about them. So, see? And I have nothing. I'm actually kind of sad because everyone I know has like things. They're like, oh, I'm going to sell these, all these old shoes I've got that are like an amazing quality or books or comics or, and I'm like sitting here with nothing. Like nobody wants my books. Nobody wants my teacups. I mean, you can sell your books, but you're not going to get much for them because books are notoriously lowballed. Oh, books yeah. and CDs are like... The, the only thing you could get from selling books is like a credit at a used bookstore. No, BMV in Toronto gives cash. But they're not... But it's not going to be... No. It's going to be like 20 bucks for 600 books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I tried to sell some of my books to a, a used bookstore and they were like, uh, we want like four of them. 
And I was like, but I lugged here. Can you just <laughs> right. have them? Here, I'll just give them to that's, you. That's my thing. With, that's the thing with the CDs. Yeah. That like ultimately I know if I go to Sonic Boom or something, I can maybe go to Sonic Boom and then maybe BMV and it's going to be like, I'm just going to try to bully them into taking them. Yeah. So I'm just going to be like, I'm not walking out with these. <laughs> just So you either t- take what you want. But I'm not leaving here with any of them. Like, you will throw them in the trash. Right. You throw them in your trash. I'm not throwing them in my trash. No. Like, I don't have room in my trash. Or you give back to me. I'm going to go around to your building and throw them in your dumpster because <laughs> I'm not taking these home. Um, same things with the books. Um, yeah, I'm in a crazy call mode right now. I just, I'm, I'm itchy. I just feel like just. Yeah. Not to, don't look. Oh, don't you look at them. <laughs> Me too. Don't you look at them. <laughs> audience, I maybe did a side eye glance at his albums. They're fine. At You're his fine. vinyl. You're fine. You're not going anywhere. Heading through the D. If you own a record store, get at me. It's Detroit for all of the people who have no idea what he's talking Hello about. Hello Records, People's Records, Street Corner Music, running through all of them. I took a look at them because I was thinking you wanted to call to make more space <laughs> for more records. Not even for more records, just in general, like... Uh, fucking books over there like some of them has got to go i'll take some of them off your hands <laughs> we'll, we'll talk maybe um i'm gonna come home with more teacups and books and chris is gonna be like what the hell but i got a lot of like arcs and shit that i grabbed from you know work or got shipped to me that are like i know i'm not sorry advanced readers copies i was about to say you might want to tell the people what the arcs are. advanced readers copies uncorrected proofs whatnot um yeah. That like I'm I'm not gonna read I'm or I'm not gonna get to that I thought I would uh, yeah. so I just need to get those out take them to uh, oddly enough my employer was not cool with me uh, leaving a stack of books in a pay what you can jar <laughs> <laughs> why not imagine that I don't I have no idea why oh, but for some reason <laughs> they were not cool with that uh, <laughs> but like the ARCs and shit I know I can't sell anyway I just yeah. need to get those out of here and just be like thunk have at it like. Yeah take them children clothes especially like right. i got a bunch of clothes that like i know i'm not i just know i'm not gonna wear yeah anymore because i have new stunting clothes to wear now um so i need to get those out of here just room in general i mean it's the season right everyone but, you just come to a time in your life where you want to like build a tiny house and just get rid of all your stuff but it all takes effort Ugh, effort well want to know what else takes effort mm Reading the news these days. <laughs> media content. <laughs> I don't have the time to do this. I have media content to consume. <laughs> well, the thing about media content is it's now inextricably inextricably linked to the things that are happening in the world. Yes. You cannot run away from it. It is always in your face. <laughs> Everything you love has been written or directed or made by someone terrible. Yep. But like I said, we're not going to reckon with that today. No. We reckon with that quite a bit off mic. Yes, we do. And we know you do too. And we're not ignoring it. We're not ignoring it. We're just maybe, let's talk about some of the fun things. I'm never going to stop listening to Olmatic. I'm sorry. Fun things. I'm sorry, Khalees, I'm not. I will always watch all the Tim Burton films. <laughs> fun things. Fun things. Uh, so, let's hit the one-two of Star Wars interestingness. Slash stupidity for the week. Yeah. Uh, one of which, which has apparently been updated. Um, Collider reported last week that in the wake of the underwhelming performance by Solo, a Star Wars story, that the Star Wars story films yep. were being, having the pause button hit on them. Boop. That the 
the Abrams Johnson Abrams trilogy yep. will go on. Uh, Johnson's own trilogy, Ryan Johnson's own trilogy, I think, is still on, and the the show, the Favreau show, yep. still on. Enough Star Wars content still yes. still in the pipeline. As people like to call Solo, the film no one asked for. Yeah, but I heard an interesting I heard an interesting theory about that that okay. I will bring up in a moment. Because we know Caitlin doesn't like to have takes on things anymore. Two two years of doing this show, <laughs> Caitlin doesn't want to have takes on things anymore. Um, yes, but your like young Obi Wan movie, yeah. your Boba Fett movie, mm-hmm. like those have maybe all had the pause button put on them. Uh, Collider reported this, and this is actually Slash Film reporting on Collider's story. Um, what a world! We can just rewrite someone world. else's rewrite someone else's story. Yeah, <laughs> just throw it up on yours. Collider sources say that Lucasfilm is setting those standalone films aside and focusing on the Abrams Episode Nine and what the next trilogy of Star Wars films will be after that film. But however, this may have been premature. This Slash Film article has an update oh. from ABC News <gasps> that is now ABC News. That ABC News is now reporting that the, the story about having the pause button hit was premature and speculative. Quotes right, and that multiple non-trilogy movies are in the works. Here is more. Quote: Instead, Lucasfilm told ABC News there are still multiple Star Wars films currently in development. That have not been officially announced. Those projects are moving forward separate from an already announced trilogy being overseen by Ryan Johnson and another series of movies from Benioff and Weiss. So who knows? I mean, they're not going to admit defeat one way or the other. Like the the train got to keep moving. Though I have been hearing more and more, which is stuff you've been talking about for ages of like the superhero fatigue, the Star Wars fatigue, the like wanting to just let's have some movies for a while that are not about all the content we grew up with mm. and maybe move on to like more interesting stories or maybe choosing more carefully the stories you're going to tell from that universe. That I think is the key point here. Um, Rogue One was set up to be something really cool because yeah. that was maybe the, from the original trilogy, maybe like the one dangling thread. Interesting question. Right. Left to be asked from those. How did they get the plans? Kind of glossed over, kind of yada yada in A New Hope. That story was there. That question was there to be answered. Right. The Solo story, Han Solo was already fully, kind of fully formed when you meet him in A New Hope. You didn't really, I didn't even, you know, we butt heads over that when we talked about the movie, but like he kind of already was who he was. There wasn't. Yeah. So you're just kind of throwing plot details that like only the like, oh, fuck it, I'll say it, only the like, I think the masculine. Uh, what do they call it? The you know the curative fandom. They just want facts. They want details to fill in. So, senior correspondent Chris actually said something really interesting about Solo, and specifically in spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to know anything about it, fast forward like I don't know five minutes. Um, he said there were two types of fans at the Solo films: mm. the type of fan who knew that. Um, oh, what's his name? You know who I'm talking about? Uh, mm-hmm. Darth Maul. Chewbacca. Darth Maul was dead. And the other type of fan who knew Darth Maul was dead twice. Mm. So they it wasn't it didn't have that that value to it. Yeah. And the Darth Maul inclusion is a really interesting like that's for you. Yeah. You specifically. Like I'm pointing at you. Yeah. Because you see that and you're going to freak out because it's like, oh my God, you're acknowledging all this shit that happened. That's what I mean. So there are two fans. There's the fans who've seen all the movies and are like, but Darth Maul is dead. This dude got cut in half and went down a And then there are the other fans who've seen all the other 
not all, but a lot of the other sprinkles of content, right? The uh, Clone Wars and Rebels and mm-hmm. stuff, and go, oh crap, that's a really neat connection. But we know that all the other fans are like, what the hell is going on? So it didn't have the impact that they wanted, um, and that that kind of kind of fell a little flat. And the other interesting thing I heard. Um, from on the Chris and Andy show was they were talking about how like we have not seen this happen to Marvel movies yet. Right. Um, despite putting out more. Yes. And the reason for that probably is that the Marvel movies are constantly moving forward. Yep. They're not dipping back. Mm-hmm. Rogue One, you were okay dipping back. The, the prequel trilogies, you were cool dipping back because Darth Vader was the most mysterious thing in the universe and yeah. you wanted to know his whole story. You wanted to know about that dude. Yeah. The Rogue One, that was a question you probably wanted, you know, that was a question you probably wanted answered. The solo shit, you're going back and it's like, well, why, why though? Why are we here? And also the other interesting thing I think Andy said when I was listening to it was, you know, Marvel waited 10 movies before they did Ant-Man. Right. This is a smaller, no stakes type of Star Wars story Mm -hmm. coming like four movies in to this cycle. Like. And if you're going to do a smaller story like that that doesn't really have any stakes like the Ant-Man movie does, that's why it's genius now that Ant-Man and the Wasp is coming out in like three months or whatever yeah. after Infinity War because it's like it's not connected to that. It's still mm-hmm. – but it's still moving things forward. forward. And will give us details about some things. Yeah. For instance, like why Ant-Man and the Wasp weren't there. Why they, yeah, exactly why they weren't there. Um, the other thing which I've, I – don't know if we've talked about this or if they've said this or announced since there's so many different announcements about star Wars. I can't really keep up is we don't understand if you wanted to like dig for more content, go do old Republic. People really want old Republic. And I was thinking about that in terms of the, the game of Thrones show we were talking about before in terms of this, like, well, if you always wanted to go move forward, why would you go back to this? Like, you know, dawn of age of heroes game Mm -hmm. of Thrones show. But again, it's like doing, the prequel trilogy all about Darth Vader. Like, you know nothing about the Old Republic. You know yeah. nothing about the... You go deep history in this. So it's the world, and there are things you recognize, but it's totally a different different cast of characters. Exactly. Different. And you don't, you're not held to these restrictions, yeah. right? You can do so much because you're so separate. And I think that's kind of what they've been struggling with, the, both this you know fealty to the fan base as well as the inclination to do something new. Which brings us, Caitlin... <laughs> To our other story of the week, which is a group of buffoons oh, man. on Twitter who claim that they have a team of producers and a team of volunteers and are actively courting crowdfunding yep. to finance an independently made remake of The Last Jedi. And I can't remember who it was. I think it's it was the director... Of The Last Jedi. Oh, Ryan Johnson was like, please, 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 please. And he was like, please, 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 please make this movie. I saw somebody like, see, even he knows he did a bad job. I'm like, you don't understand how this works. No, no. What a twist. Yeah, just, (laughs) you fucking idiots. Why? Why? Why are you like this? And and who else was like, I I will pay like $400 million to make a movie, a Star Wars movie, that has nothing to do with a movie that's already made. Like... Like, uh, just was really, are, are you that invested in that, that invested? 
Like I just see Seth Rogen. They retweeted Seth Rogen. I'm like, so do you like already have investors? You already got people to invest money with the hopes that Disney will let you make this, which there is no reason or historical precedent for. <laughs> yeah. And like the response is like, still wondering what your thoughts were on the film. What? It doesn't, Wait, it's not what? happening. Yeah. And why are you so pressed? Oh my gosh. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. You're uh, so pressed about this. You're a bad person. God, why? Why are they so ma- Here's the thing, Caitlin. If they re- they're going to make a Cowboy Bebop and uh live action. Apparently. They announced Oh, did you not know about that? No. Well, they announced that like a couple They announced that like a couple oh, years ago. No. Live action TV series and we all went, "Oh my, oh my god." god. What? No, god, please. Like mm, <laughs> no. But fine. You know what's still going to exist? Cowboy Bebop anime series. <laughs> yeah. It's still going to be there. I yeah. can still watch it. Doesn't change. I can still throw on the scene where Call Me, Call Me plays and sob my eyes out like I do every, every single, single time. time. <laughs> still going to be there. It's like all those nerds who got so pressed about the fucking Thundercat show. Like Thunder, 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 Thunder Cats. <laughs> when I see an article that like was, they did do a mature Star- Thundercats remake. None of you fuckers were watching it. Yeah. I, I remember when Kaim gave Kaim it to me. Kaim gave it to me. And yeah. Kaim gave it to me. Yeah. And Kaim gave it to me. And I was like, this is great. This is pretty good. Um, but nobody else was watching it. So they're not going to try it again. No. But not just, just because you're ready. Oh, people, they made me so angry. Like, save yourself some money. All you want to do is cut out the casino story, so just fucking do a fan edit and, you know, sell bootlegs at conventions. Like, Yeah. The end. The end. Oh, let me just read. <laughs> with, a, with a screen cap of the Rotten Tomatoes, uh, you know, critic score at 91% and audience score at 46%. Yeah. One of these things, it's not like the other. So was it really a good movie or just critics pandering? But, Bruh. No, I, um... <laughs> means uh, nothing to, uh, it's just a movie it's just a movie guys it's a movie like i literally saw parsing details like this to like if luke was done being a jedi why was he wearing jedi clothes when ray found him on the island at the end of at the end of force awakens oh my god like do you not understand what you sound like they don't like you're aware no they have to know they, they can't they have they can't to. Caitlin, they have worst episode ever <laughs> they have to know Caitlin. they can't they can't i can't believe that people exist in the world thinking like oh i'm i know i sound like a whiny douchebag this is fine i am fine with this <laughs> totally come to terms with your whiny douchebaggery go pick up a hobby hey you know have what? something to sell no, in 10 hey, years hey if they're focusing on this instead of like you know harassing people online let the baby have its bottle. Like, oh. if you're just going to go build your little, like, you know, silo. They're going to just, we're going to distract them with something shiny. If you want to go chase the windmill of a fucking, you know, <laughs> of a fucking Last Jedi remake and that keeps you from, and, you know, and, and Kelly Marie Tran can come back to Instagram and not get harassed off of it anymore. Yeah. Or, you know, Daisy Ridley doesn't have to get, you know, spit on by fanboys at conventions. This hasn't happened. I'm just, <laughs> just giving it. We're example. just, we're just saying Didn't that, happen. like. <laughs> Yeah. Within the realm of possibility, though. Um, it was a good Don Quixote reference, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know Burks. <laughs> Go literary stuff. Smart. <laughs> Smart. Dropping that for the person who said I was Jake Brault. Because <laughs> I realize I'm very enamored with somebody who is Captain Holt. Right. And I co-host a show with you who is Amy Santiago. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, am I mm-hmm. Peralta or Scully? <laughs> Apparently they're willing to give me Peralta. Noise. Noise. 
So yeah, nerds, whatever you want to go, you want to go do that. You want to chase that pipe dream. Go ahead. It's never going to happen. Nope. Not in a million fucking years. I'm surprised you haven't nope. been sued already. Oh, I remembered some good news. <gasps> um, <laughs> they're going to do more Star Trek. A discovery or well, yes, other discovery, stuff? but other stuff. Oh, what are they doing? I don't know. You don't know. She I'm going to find phone. Hold on, everybody. Radio. Just one second. Radio magic. Okay, so I got it. All right. Um, Star Trek Discovery showrunner Alex Kurtzman mm-hmm. signed a five-year, twenty-five million deal to expand the CBS Star Trek franchise for television, according to a report in Variety. Oh, good old Variety. <laughs> um, this could include a sequel to Star Trek: The Next Generation. <gasps> um, the Hollywood Reporter adds. <laughs> Uh, Variety says there are four new shows in development on top of a Kurtzman's successful Star Trek Discovery, which has been picked up for a second season that will likely begin in 2019. All access needs that content, Caitlin. Um, so this, just so everyone knows, is being uh, reported by Space.com. This is June 19th, and it was by Elizabeth Howell, Space.com contributor. <laughs> I just, I feel like she, I'm just reading her article. Thank, I feel like she needs you, credit. Thank you, Elizabeth Howell. Um, Variety says these new shows include a series taking place at Starfleet Academy, which is something that they had planned like a million years ago mm-hmm. um, and never got underway. A whole series of novels about that, I think. Um, the concept is created by Stephanie Savage and Josh Schwartz, who are known for Gossip Girls and Runaways. Ooh. I know. A limited series based on the Wrath of Khan story, which was portrayed multiple times in Star Trek history. Obviously, by the best one by, being by Ricardo Maltoban. Don't go back. Don't go back. Um... And then a limited series with uh, confidential plot details and an animated series whose plot details are also confidential. So I like the idea of a limited series. It means, you know, like a mini series yeah. type thing. It means it won't like go on and on and on and on and on and on. Because we don't need that. We need just good, tight storytelling. Toit. Toit. <laughs> Smart. Smart. So yeah. Um, Caitlin. Yeah. I apologize. I glanced at your notepad. Oh no! I saw a story on there. Yeah, that I actually saw before you got here. Yeah, I know. Do you, do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about that? I do. So not only is there more Star Trek, which makes me very very happy, especially one if you stop going fucking back. Just let's go forward to the future. <laughs> um, sorry, that makes me mad. Star Trek of all things should be always going to the future. That's true. Um, but so not only is there that, but there is an. Uh, another topic that I feel very conflicted about, like most things in the world, um, MTV is rebooting Daria. This is confirmed. This is confirmed. Okay. They're updating it, not re, not really rebooting it, not like restarting it. It's not like going to be Daria in high school again. It's actually going to take place um, now. Um, so Daria will have will be in her thirties. Oh. Thirties or. 40s. I can't oh, well that, um, that that mutes the criticism or hope I saw on Twitter this morning. But it will be of it actually will be called Daria and Jody. So do you know who Jody is? Nope. Jody is the um, one of Daria's friends who happened to be one of the main uh, black characters mm. on the show who had a lot of commentary about being a she was like she talked a lot about being this smart, involved, class president type of black character in her own world um, that had to be this example 
mm. of blackness yes. to all the white people around her yes. and this white town she lived in. Um, and not only that, she talked about a lot of other issues as well. Um, but she, her, when her storylines came out, they were some of the most interesting and fascinating. So it's actually going to be about the two of them and um, how they take on the world and the issues. Now, they may put back their ages a bit. It may not be in the 30s, but they, they said they were not going to be in high school anymore. Mm. So, I don't know. I, I feel conflicted because, like you said, it takes a little bit of the bite out of the commentary. The tweet I saw was like, make it gay or don't bother. Because <laughs> there's nothing like revolutionary about a sarcastic white woman. Right. Cynicism ain't breaking much new ground anymore. Right. But the two of them together and how they, you know, take on the world might be really interesting. Maybe. Hey, fingers crossed. You never know. You never know. Um, but we'll see. I, I don't think it should be. See, I have this big thing about there's so many reboots and relaunches and stuff. Yep. I don't necessarily think they're all great. We're actually going to reboot the Geek Down after after the uh, break. Are we? Yeah. We're going to oh. get some younger. We're going to get some teenagers. Please don't. I was we're going to recast as teenagers. and. Uh, I was listening to teenagers on the train and I was like, oh, God, I was so stupid. We're also stupid when we're teenagers. Teenagers well, are stupid. Kind of might have some some thoughts to say about that when we talk about the things we we get to later in the episode. But. Maybe, um, but anyway. So I feel I have mixed feelings. I I think think things that spiritually take on things we love are great, but I don't necessarily think everything we loved as young people need to be re- rebooted. Nope. I think just make new things. Yeah. Make new things. Or reboot Biker Mice from Mars. <laughs> that's, that's the thing that needs to be rebooted. Or do the reboots we want. Yeah. I want Clone High back and Biker Mice <laughs> from Mars. That's what we want. Yeah. Well, updates. Um, I'm, sh- I'm sure I, I updated <laughs> sure I, something. I'm sure I consumed something. I've been, I've been reading because sometimes watching TV for hours on end makes my brain turn to mush mm-hmm. um and because i'm in bed a lot because of the pain and the exhaustion yes. i need something else to do so i have been reading two of my favorite like comfort series mm-hmm. uh sue grafton's like a is for alibi right series um which is always great because you can read like any book in the series um and i solved the mystery like halfway through the book i was so proud of myself <laughs> um and then the second um thing i've been reading is all the terry pratchett all the terry pratchett yeah i feel like i watched something as well but i can't remember i'm sure it's gonna come back to me i'm gonna yell at you in a minute okay yeah how about you jordan uh keep through a megalobox final episode next week okay so we won't get to talk about it but this was the uh this was the catch our breath moment oh before the for the final the final bout the, oh, fi- so the did, finals of the tournament did they have like a fun like social episode um, I don't know if it was a fun social episode. It was like a training episode. Oh, okay. So like, you know, a dude he fought at one point who had a connection to his trainer, came back to be a sparring partner. Um, Yuri got his gear taken out. What? He hasn't won any advantage. <gasps> he doesn't, what? He wants to fight Joe. Because Joe's been fighting without gear. That's his yeah. whole hook, right? He's gearless Joe. I didn't know that. He's. Ge- <laughs> I thought I mentioned that to you. No. Okay. That's amazing. Gearless Joe. Gearless Joe. Got his gear taken out. Um, so Yuri has, uh, because they can't afford any, right? So okay. they just, fuck it. We'll do it without it. Um, How is that possible? 
it's not the gear that makes the boxer, right? This is this is when you tell me that I need to watch the show. Yeah, you can watch the show. Um, but yeah, Yuri just Yuri doesn't want any advantage. He's got to know. He's got to know if he can actually take him on his own on his own terms. My God. And Trotto, you know, Mega Corp woman is like, no, yes, like he does it anyway. And now we're just going rap, rap montage, going to the finals. Um, Gotta love a good rap montage. And I don't know if they're going to do it. We'll see. I know how Ashta Nojo ends with right. the original, like, oh, okay. <laughs> spoilers for a you know, 40 year old series. And if you don't want to know anything about this, hit the road. Uh, he dies. <gasps> wow, that was eerie. That was basically in the same, like, pitch and timber. France, tell me which one you think was the drop and which one was actually her. Um, uh, it was because they were both sad guests. <laughs> oh, sad guests. I need an excited guest for the, uh, yeah. for the board. Uh, yeah, it's this classic image in, you know, anime and manga memedom of like during Joe's last fight in the, in the old series, right. in, his, in, in the original series and his last fight, he like gave it everything he had. And like, I think he was about to get the decision that he won on like a technicality, but he just kind of like dies in his corner while he's waiting for it. Yeah. And he's just like, he's smiling. That's the other thing. Uh. Cause he, he knows he just lived his life on his own terms and gave it everything and gave everything he had. Right. So it's just a shot of like him, like, like on his stool, slumped over, smiling. It's like this iconic image, and the like all the titles on Megalobox have to do with like a pun on death or something to do with death. Right. At the end of every episode, it says "Not dead yet." Like they're really yes. leaning into this, and yeah. the next, the last episode is called "Born to Die." Right. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Mm, I don't know if they're going to do it or not. Like, you, I feel like we're all expecting that to happen. So. Right. So they may pull something. They out. might swerve it. Um, so I watched that. Um, I fell into a comic hole briefly. Oh. Because you gave me a, a contemporary comic. I did. This week. So I saw ads for other contemporary comics and I was like, oh, fuck, did they actually start that? So <laughs> I read Doomsday Clock this week. And? <laughs> oh. So like Doomsday Clock is the like big Watchmen DC Universe uh, mashup. Mm-hmm. So if you're unfamiliar, everyone was, I think one of the first things nerds were mad about that we talked about on this show was when the, DC, the current reboot of the DC Universe, you remember us talking about Crisis on Infinite Earths last week. Yep. Um, and how I said they've done this a few times. Last time they did it was maybe five years ago or so. Um, yep. And the hook that they finally you know, revealed was that the current DC Universe was kind of created or fudged with by Dr. Manhattan, picking up on a line from Watchmen, which was, he said, you know... Something about life fascinates them. Maybe I'll go make some or something. Or you know, the world, the world's always fascinating. You know, the universe fascinates me. Maybe I'll go make one. Yeah. Um, and then he disappears and you never see him again. So it is not only a sequel to the original Watchmen series where everybody knows what Ozymandias did and he wants Dr. Manhattan to help him put things back. Right. But he needs Dr. Manhattan to do that and he's got to find him. So he goes to the DCU to find him. Um, he brings along a couple other, I didn't even know they were I didn't know they minor characters in the Watchmen, but they're also Jeff Johns. Who's writing this is doing the same thing. Alan Moore did where Watchmen was supposed to be made with the Charlton characters. Yep. Um, which was a forgotten, you know, a publisher went bankrupt. DC bought them, got the rights to all the characters. Didn't really have plans to do anything with them. And these are characters like blue beetle, mm-hmm. captain Adam characters. We talked about in the justice league last week, Alan Moore wanted to use them to do his, you know, do his Watchmen series. And DC was like, no, no, we might want them. You can't use them. So he just made his own carbon copies of them. 
So instead of Captain Adam, you get uh, Doctor Manhattan. Instead of you the get question, you get instead of the question, you get Rorschach. You get Night Owl instead of the Blue Beetle. Stuff like that. Yeah. So there were these two Charlton characters called Punch and Jewelry, I think. Yeah. Um, so Jeff Johns made you know the mime and the marionette. Yeah. Um, made these two villains, and they meet the Joker. They're in you know they're in Gotham. They're trying to find there's there's another Rorschach. Mm-hmm. So the big mystery is early on. It's like who's this Rorschach? Uh, spoiler alert, it's the son of the therapist. And who did he just, I don't even, I don't remember. Oh, he met up with Saturn Girl, I think? From the Legion? In the last, in the last issue? Anyway, you're bored of me just talking about it, so you can imagine how bored I was kind of reading it. <laughs> I just don't know, like, like, it was just boring, I'm guessing. Yeah, like it wasn't, I know everybody was, I know at the time, I was like, yeah, suck it, nerds, because everybody's like, why are you even doing this? But then we get to the point where it's like, it's why, happening, and why I'm like, "Are you? Doing like, why doing are we doing? Why are we doing this? I mean, it's fine. I don't care. I don't feel a way about it. But, but think about like the whole point of Watchmen was a much bigger story about the world, yes, and the state of the world. Um, something Alan Moore said that I thought was really interesting was, so when the V for Vendetta movie came out, he was like, "It's not that I." He's he was so because Alan Moore's always frustrated and angry. Um, he was like, it's not so much that I like dislike the movie, but if you want the movie to have the same impact as the comic, then set it in a place where this story is important. Like set it in the U.S., mm. where you know we should be having. I mean, this was years ago before you know Trump and all of that, but it was like set it in a place that needs this story. Right? Yeah. It's not just about the story; it's about. Um, it's the conversation about the time and place as well. Well, did we ever talk about how HBO is doing a Watchmen series? What? Oh, fuck. By, if we did, I completely forgotten. I'm sorry. I don't think we it. did, but this is, this is organic talk by Damon Lindelof. I don't even know who that is. Lost, The Leftovers. Oh. And it's not going, it's set in the world, but not picking up the characters. And like Lindelof has already basically kind of like done a preemptive apology <laughs> to fans. <laughs> He's like, you're going to be mad. Like he's already written that post. He's like, y'all going to be mad. Right. Um, so, cause you know, the big criticism of the Watchmen movie mm-hmm. by Zack Snyder was that it's just like, did nothing. Why would you watch it? It's just the comic book. Right. It's just the comic book moving. Like you changed nothing. I and mean, it wasn't They even... changed a couple things. I mean, obviously they couldn't come up with a giant fucking space monster to like that <laughs> shoehorn that in there. So they just made it like, they made it so like. They threaded in, you know, Doctor Manhattan being the right. the reason why eight million people got killed or something. So yeah, Lindelof wrote the, through this thing up on Instagram, I think. Um, right, he posted a five page open letter on Instagram just for the fans of the comic. Right, and he admits they don't want to adapt the series but remix it. "Quote: We have no desire to adapt the twelve issues Morin Gibbons created thirty years ago." Lindelof said. Those issues are sacred ground and they will not be retread, nor recreated, nor reproduced, nor rebooted. They will, however, be remixed because the baselines and those familiar tracks are just too good and we'd be fools not to sample them. The original 12 are the Old Testament. When the New Testament came along, it did not erase what came before it. Uh, creation, the Garden of Eden, Abraham and Isaac, the flood, it all happened. And so it will be with Watchmen. The comedian died, Dan and Laurie fell in love, Osmandia saved the world, and Dr. Manhattan left it after blowing Rorschach to pieces in the bitter cold of Antarctica. Lindelof goes on to say... The series will not be a sequel and will be an original new story that will vibrate with the seismic unpredictability of its own tectonic plates and how it will ask new questions and will most importantly be contemporary. Uh, we also intend to revisit the past century of costumed adventuring through a surprising yet familiar set of eyes. And it is here we will be taking our greatest risks. So I'm mad excited about this. Huh. 
um, because that's how you do it. People. And, I, and Jeff Johns is trying to build larger questions into this doomsday clock thing, I think. There's, right. It seems like, and I have not kept up on what's been going on in the current DC universe, but it seems like there's... um. It's either called like the superhero, the Superman question. Basically, there are these questions that are kind of floating out there. Why are they all American? Mm-hmm. This theory that maybe Lex Luthor put out there, or maybe not, that like the government has been making metahumans, and that's hmm. and that's why. So I mean, he's he's trying, right. he's trying, I'm trying. Good for you, buddy. But it's it's not gold star. What made Watchmen so insanely good was like. It came out in like during peak Reaganomics, Cold War, all that stuff. Yeah. And it really resonated with that. And if you're not any sort, if you're going to try to plan a sequel with mining those beats, like you said, and like Alan Moore said, you should be, you should be mining the very rich veins of ore yes. for political commentary that are currently running through the world. Yep. Um, although I think there was a mention of a President Redford in there at some point. Um, was there? I think so, yeah. Oh. Um Anyway, so, I mean, it's only halfway done. Who knows where it's going to go? Mm. Will I even remember to check up on it again? I don't know, but that was out there. So, yeah, reading comics again. That was Ooh. that was new. And also, Luke Cage is out. I've seen three episodes. First episode was dope. Yeah, so you told me. I wanted to watch it, but it just didn't fit into the sleeping schedule. Second episode was meh. Third episode was hmm. And we'll talk all about that in August. Great. We'll have to wait till then. August Watcherama, y'all. Come back for some Luke Cage chat. Yep. Well, that's a good point to take a break. Yeah, and I didn't remember the thing I was going to talk about, so. Good old Caitlin. (laughs) (laughs) So predictable to forget things. So we'll take a break here, and if Caitlin remembers it while we stretch our legs, uh, we'll mention it when we come back from this break. And welcome back to the Geek Down Podcast. This is part of the show where we talk about the things we've brought each other. Mm. But before that, we have some rules. Yes. First rule being the rule of three, which is the rule that if the thing comes in parts of some sort, we will read, consume, watch three of them. Yeah. This week. Weird. Uh, it, weird. Yeah. Um, second rule. Hashtag. Save it for the pod. That is the rule. That we will not talk about the things we've brought each other until we are sitting in front of these microphones. Yes. Because, lovely folks, lovely listeners, we want to give you guys the hottest and freshest of takes. You don't want a stale take. Nobody wants a stale take. You know what the homie Vesco said when he gave us coffee? What? The freshest of takes. There you go. See? It resonates with the people. It means something to you. We We want you guys to have the freshest of takes with your coffee. Yeah. Yeah. It's very important. It's a, it's a pairing made in heaven. Or your old lady tea. Whatever you like. <laughs> Whatever you like. Um, finally, third rule, which isn't really a rule. It's more of a policy. Is that there will be spoilers. There will be spoilers. Yes. Uh, these are both two fairly recent items mm-hmm. out on the nerd landscape. Geek Down Comic Club back in effect again. Yeah, back to back. So much faster to get through. <laughs> <laughs> it really 
is. I mean, it wasn't on purpose either. I just, just... I, I get home on Saturday and I'm, I'm like, I, I, I did it all already. Yeah. Done. I don't have to do anything. I have to wake up at six to watch the thing, clean the house while I'm conscious. Done. Um, but, and I don't know how spoilery they are, but I mean, if you think you might want to check either of these things out at any point, as Caitlin says, this is Kate, these are Caitlin's words, not mine. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. In the nicest way possible. I just don't want you to be spoiled and then sad. We never want to make you sad. We never want to make you I sad. I mean, sometimes we do because we talk about really sad topics, but <laughs> we really... We're, we're never just... like, oh man, I can't wait to make people sad this week. Yeah, exactly. And this week specifically, we were like, we don't want to make people sad because there's a lot of sad stuff going on. So get out, get yourself a, a coffee and a fresh take. Get out yourself a... <laughs> get out yourself. Yeah. Get out yourself. Go on. Anyways, so we are starting with Jordan's thing this week. Yes, as Caitlin said, we like to alternate, so we will start with the thing I brought her, which is a thing I just read this week, but had much previous awareness of it. Okay. High level of previous awareness. Because not only is it by someone who we both admire and respect and mm-hmm. did something we both really liked, people I follow on Twitter both really liked the show as well. And as well, they did a live action adaptation of it. And the Queens did the theme song. What? Not only did the Queens do the theme song, Achan did some voice acting in it. <gasps> she was one of the little one of the little things. Oh my gosh. Um and that is I'm gonna botch the pronunciation every time. It's <laughs> so awkward. Tokyo Tarareba Girls. Tarareba. Tarareba. Tarareba Girls. This is a Jose manga series. Okay. Which means it's aimed at older women. Right. Written and illustrated by Akiko Higashimura. Who is that? She did Princess Jellyfish. Mm-hmm. We love Princess Jellyfish. We really do. We love it so much. And judging by a photo of her in an Adidas tracksuit <laughs> with a side ponytail seated at her work desk, I love Akiko Higashimura <laughs> as well. What is this book? Uh, it was serialized in Kodansha's manga magazine, Kiss, from March 2014 to April 2017. So they're much shorter than yep. only three years. Good Lord. Yeah, I Hard, know. Hardly anything in manga. Uh, it was adapted into a 10-episode Japanese series, which aired on NTV from January to March 2017. I think because it was on NTV, not Fuji TV. means it's not going to hit my Netflix, and that makes me sad. That is very so I'm gonna sad. going to steal this at some point. Uh, what does Torareba mean? This is a point that I was very clear that I wanted Caitlin to like really try to hunt down an official translation of this. Yes. Because the, tr- the actual translation explains this, and I don't think a bootleg will. Um, Torariba is a portmanteau. So someone to play on words because our main character loves these both uh, codfish, milk, and liver, I think. Those are her two favorite, yes. her two favorite snacks when she's out. Yep. And Tara Shirako is the codfish, milk, and Reba is liver. Yep. Reba. 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 I don't Reba. know if that's an Englishism or not, but mm-hmm. uh, anyway, putting them together means what if in Japanese. So if you want to get real strict with it, you could call the series Tokyo What If Girls. Yeah. What is this about? Reiko, a writer living in Tokyo, remains unmarried at 33. Stars a 33-year-old, y'all. My God. She has not been satisfied both in love and at work and often drinks with Kari and Koyuki, her best friend since high school. One day, when the three women drink at an izakaya making complaints against men they've dated before as usual, a mysterious handsome man with blonde hair comes and tells them the reason they stay unmarried is they are just talking about if I had done or if he had been dot dot dot. After this, Rinko makes up her mind to get married by 2020, the year of the Tokyo Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. I was 
ridiculously enamored with this book. It made me laugh out loud. Right. A few times. Uh-huh. There were a few like representations of Rinko's emotional state. Yes. <laughs> that made me LOL. Uh, a lot, and it's having maybe not the deepest discussions about them, but the fact that it's having these discussions at all about that stage of life mm. and regret and mm-hmm. things of that sort. Listen, there's manga for everybody in yeah. Japan. Yeah. Whatever age you are, your story is being told in manga. Sort of. Given the West, given what comes over for the Western audience, these stories are not told that uh, we don't get to see them as much yeah. over here, I don't think. So. I also really liked on this book the relationship between Rinko and the uh, asshole blonde. who's named Key. He's a model. I don't Did know if Caitlin you? got this far. Um, because it reminded me of just what it's like to... I don't know how often you deal with the ute these yeah. days. Yeah. But when you hit a certain age, they just kind of become pricks by default. I just... 90% of the time. I just... With rare exception. As somebody who tried to have like a like, you know, friendship with someone much younger than him. Yeah. You would struck a couple bells there. Anyway. <sighs> I really like this book. I'm judging from Caitlin's beleaguered sigh <laughs> that she did not, so I'm not going to be very happy this episode, but no. let's get into it. Yeah. Hey everyone. I was really disappointed. I kept on thinking this book was gonna turn a corner and it didn't. What corner could it have turned? I thought it was gonna talk about like um regret and like uh what what like like real regrets and maybe the the balance between being a working woman and maybe not focusing as much on relationships but taking another look at it from the other side and seeing that maybe it was worth it instead it was literally all about i wish i was married and that was really infuriating, especially because that I both from like just knowing Japanese culture. <laughs> I was like, that's 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 the culture as much as anything. Yeah, but I that's really disappointing, right? I wanted this book to. It was so the art was fantastic and the the characters <laughs> were great, and like you said, it had these moments that made me like laugh out loud. But it just made me more and more angry as I read it. It was literally all about. Um, it was all about like, I wish I had gotten married. Know what it reminded me of? So I'm, I'm not giving this to you and I don't know that I will, but there is a BBC, um, sort of like made for TV movie called, um, Miss Austin regrets. Mm. And it's all about her looking at her past and, um, regretting, you know, maybe she should have gotten married, But then coming to some sort of realization that she would not have been able to be the writer she is if she had had a family. Um, But there was none of that. There was no balance. There was no, like, there was no, I made these sacrifices for my career or anything. It was just all about, like, I need to get married. And also, the blonde-haired guy was awful. Oh, yeah. Like, not, like, charmingly, like... He's not Mr. Darcy. No, he, he was just awful like unbelievably insulting and mean but uh, we have to pause here because there's some confusion between the two of us as to how far you actually got i don't right. know how much you read of this so you didn't I, read the full first volume i no i did not read the, i for, i read i thought i was confused because i read the first three chapters which i don't know what that got up to so a manga got, chapter is like eight pages so 
Yeah, it was. I was wondering about that. That's why I was like, I think I did this wrong. Which because if you only read the first three chapters as they appeared in the weekly magazine, you really you read like the equivalent of one Western comic book, which is totally fine. Which is I, what I was going to say is I I want to read more of this, but I need some like indication that things like get better. Yeah. So I don't know what you. Got I, up to, I just what, got I to the, like, la- the last thing you read was the like, last thing I did read. He go, did the blonde go in to her work? Did yes. So okay. they were they the blonde went into the work and she was talking about the script and he told her that it was trash. Yes, that's where I got to. Um, and how? And he, it was like trash because he was like it's trash because you wrote it. She gets pulled off of it because of that. Um, they throw her like a you know, write about a you know cat lady basically we're gonna do a show about a cat lady you write it type of thing like right the further insults that are hurled at her that way um her <laughs> tracking down her producer she hears that her producer and you know is fucking around with an intern or something and the intern might have put it in his ear as well to like we need the blonde guy because right. you know, again that's the that's the age discrepancy there the generational discrepancy and she hears word that they they're banging so she like trails all of them to what was the line i really liked it's like the true power of the single woman is her pocketbook like <laughs> so like she has the money she's like fuck it i'm just gonna go by myself i'll track these people and she gets like you know has a mad drunk episode by herself out there ultimately how the first volume ended and i mean i'm gonna read all of it now that i know it's all out i thought it, i had just seen it at work so i thought it was just out now right um he i don't know if he cussed all of them out i don't know did you get to the point where you cussed them all out at the bar well, or the thing was they just talk about it hmm. they don't actually sh- at least what i've read they don't show it no he does oh okay he actually like stands up and says your problem the problem with you three is this you know you're sitting oh, around talking like your teenagers yes and, and i couldn't ref- the other thing was i couldn't tell if things were like flashbacks or if they were like no that happened in real time okay so he low-key feels bad about that and shows something resembling remorse when he walks in and gets the daggers thrown at him right. from the other two and they realize like Rinko, Rinko's mad drunk by herself type of thing. And he volunteers to go, go and get her back or like make sure she's okay. Yeah. And the conversation she has with him in that environment, just about like, I remember every detail they talked about, but it was like, you know, she's having a hard time processing that, you know, this producer and the intern would, you know, just basically have sex for no reason um, to get ahead. And she's like challenging him. Like, have you ever done this? You know? Yeah. Uh, you know, have you ever done this sort of thing? He's like, Brian, probably. Um, he basically like challenges her. Like she's like, I've never done, I've never done anything like that. I don't know if I could type of thing. He's like, well, you know, let's, you know, when they film this, it's like super, he gets up and like is mad in her face, you know, very melodramatic type of thing. Right. Um, and he's like, you know, do it. Sleep with me to get ahead. And there's a pause. And then the caption says, and that was the first time I, you know, I slept with somebody younger than me. Right. Type of thing. And that's how, like, it left. Um, given your concerns about the focus on marriage and whatnot. Yeah. I will say, maybe this should have been at the front, but that's not how manga works. Um, you know <laughs> you know how you know how the intro to Justice League really put things in, like, yes. perspective for you? Yeah. There's an afterword here with, like, a little essay slash doodles. Right. Autobiographic doodles by... Higashimura going on about her life, her inspiration for doing this. Right. She was married, got married young, had gotten divorced, uh, was like a single mom basically for a while. Like, And we know how much Japan hates, <laughs> Japan single, hates divorce, single moms. Oh my God. Still put the fingers up <laughs> if you're still out there. 
single mom from real love anytime. <laughs> um, and how if she had friends who were like similar situation when the, when the Olympics were announced, she had all these friends who were like, we cannot be single when the Olympics come. Like we need to fix this. And she herself was kind of like, word like she's remarried she she ended up getting remarried but even right. at the time she was like word like and see relax. that would <laughs> like, have been great so i feel like that's her position a right. little bit and that may come forth further along but as we say all the time like you read the first three chapters i read the whole book which was like a hundred something pages yeah the comedy there and just the energy of it you know the princess jellyfish type energy of the female friendships kind of carried me along there but it's a long haul to you know like if i come back and say like by the third volume this really starts to happen (laughs) that's too much well it's the final we're we're breaking the ff13 rule to be honest i have the first three volumes coming to the library okay um so i was wondering because i was interested in keep like to keep reading it because i had done like i looked at some of the stuff you gave and it's drawn so well she's very good like fantastic and i love the bits of humor but it was just i couldn't believe how mean they were to the 33 year olds Mm. right like they won't men won't help you up after the age of 25 and (laughs) like i was just like what the fuck and i was just awful like they were just so mean or everyone like, was mean to did them did you get to a scene where they go to a mixer no i don't think so they go to like basically like a thing for homely dudes to find wives basically right um and they think they're they're automatically thinking oh man we're, we're gonna look at us we're in our early 30s we're gonna be catches it's yeah. gonna be amazing and they walk in and it's like all 20 something it's just looking for sugar daddies type of thing right and it's like mm. yeah <laughs> like that sort of thing this you may feel it already but it will definitely come to you yeah the growing sense of irrelevance. Oh, no. See, I've been irrelevant. See, the people don't understand this. Like, I, I've literally... I'm not worried about, like, getting old. It's like, I've never been relevant. I've never been relevant. No one's ever looked at me. I've never been picked up. Like, I don't... There was... I've always had this talk with, with someone about how we're very different. There's a person I have in my life who is, like, stunning, right? Like, just absolutely drop dead gorgeous um and they're not a dead per- dead lady who walks around. they are a dead person um and they've always been told that and always had that attention and not ever had anything else looked at like they haven't been really talked about for their smarts or mm. right whereas i was always the clever one mm. i was the one who's everyone's always like oh like you're accomplished and you know about this and I've been, people look at me and they're like, Caitlin, she's smart, right? Um, I've never been looked at and thought of as like, Caitlin, she's good looking. I'm not. And that's okay. Like, it wasn't for a long time. I was like crushed in my 20s when I realized that I was not a particularly good looking person. But you get over that. So that's never going to be a problem for me. Um, Whereas I worry about this other person in my life that they're going to get to, you know, their 40s. They're probably still going to like damn fine. But as they get older and people stop looking at them, that they're going to have this like crisis. And it's never, I, I feel, you know, my, it's probably just my own vanity, but like, I've never thought I was like good looking, but I always thought I was like somewhat interesting looking. I thought I got an interesting figure. I thought people saw me like out in public. Yeah. Um, 
as you get, you know, you think about it at 33, holler at me at 40. Um, just the feeling of becoming more and more invisible in the world. Um, and I've just always been invisible. So it's not really, and it's hit. Then, you know, again, maybe that's just the thing where like this story was going to hit me harder watching somebody deal with that. Right. Themselves where you're just like, yeah, what would he do? Yeah. I'm just like, great. Like, and that's the other thing. I'm so, I get so angry where it is all about like women losing their looks and oh my God, how they're going to cope without men paying attention to them. Poor thing. Like I just, it's not a story that I find interesting. I don't even know if I get the sense that that's what the three women here want or if just what they feel that they're supposed to want. I feel like I don't know. I don't know that I'm willing to go all the way to say like they're so focused on I have to get married. I have to get married because they want to get married or just right. like they don't want to be invisible anymore. And the marriage is something that keeps them. I don't want to be abandoned by society. Except we all know that like in Japanese marriages, they basically have a thing called housewife syndrome. Yeah. Um, or like retired husband syndrome where like they basically, their husbands go off, have mistresses are at the office all the time, retire, expect for the wife who's had all this like agency and free time Mm. to herself to wait hand and foot on them. And then they have nervous breakdowns. (laughs) So it's not all this like, Oh, I'm going to have this partner and we're going to go on fun dates and we're going to like, we're going to make each other relevant. Right. Um, yeah, though I did when my I did find funny was when they were drunk and they were saying that all Japanese men are pedophiles, pedo- pedophiles. <laughs> like you're all pedos, all of you, um, which is actually another problem is that. Well, I mean, that's what the first, the, the part I laughed out loud about, yeah. and this is really like the crux of the, one of the cruxes of the tension here in this, mm-hmm. in this series is, so it starts off with Rinko kind of thinking about a, flashback she had when right after she graduated or her 23rd birthday basically right. she gets her nails done and and i like i was kind of struck reading this with the skill of her like story construction i guess like mm-hmm. it's one of those things where things happen and you go oh of course right and she set this up and she telegraphed it but not too hard it's i don't know maybe i'm just a, i could just be a dummy but <laughs> like things happen and i'm like oh i should have seen that coming i have the same thing with brian k vaughn where it's like he has his last page like you read saga and there's the last page Bleh! and you're like of course that's what's going to happen. Right. Um, it just makes sense that, that in these situations, that's what should happen. And it feels right. So in this, she gets her nails done by her friend. It's her 33rd birthday. And yeah. the, her friend owns a nail salon. So she goes really all out. It's like a $300 nail job type of thing that she gave her on the house. And she's looking at it. She's like, when's the last time? When did Keiko do my nails like this the last time? I was like, oh, it was this time. It was my 23rd birthday. Durr, it's been 10 years yeah. since then. And she's thinking back to her 23rd birthday and when she graduated and this dude at her work who was fresh to Tokyo. Yes. Kind of a rube. Kind of whatever. Asks her out or tries to ask her out. Takes her out for her birthday. Um, tries to give her this ring, which is just like, what, what does the side caption say? It's like, look like something you get at a train station. Like, it's just, <laughs> she's not really into him. She's not really into the ring or any of that. She, she like says no. And yep. that's the first kind of what if here is that she's, you know. They've continued to work together. He's become like a higher staff director. He's gotten a little better looking. He's a little more comfortable. And yeah. she's like, oh, man, maybe I shouldn't have. Maybe I should have. Maybe I should have given him a chance. I mean, shouldn't have been so quick to dismiss him. And then he asks to take her out. Yeah. Can they meet for a drink? She's got some, he's got something he wants to ask her. So her and all her friends are like, oh, my God, he's going to try his luck again. He's going to take a swing for it again. Yeah. She gets there. 
he finally gets her. You know, they have a good time. She's put on a very low cut dress, which he's uncomfortable. About. I love her description um, <laughs> of her outfit of like each element of it. Um, and they get there, and she's like, "Oh, that's right. I wanted to ask you." Um, basically, wants her advice on him asking the like twenty one year old in the office, yeah, to marry him, which I think is like. Just pause for her reaction yeah. or the depiction of her reaction, which is a lightning bolt hitting her so hard it like cracks the building they're standing yeah. on in half. I busted out fucking laughing so hard at that. Um, but but who does that? <laughs> who does that? Japanese men. I I just that to me is just. But did you get to the kid's reaction later where she's like, yeah, she has a boyfriend. And she's like, well, fuck it. I'll keep them both. Like, yeah. And, and she was like, he's okay. Like the, you know, 33 year old old is like, he's okay with that. She's like, yeah, he said it's fine. And, and you do just want to like smack her in the face. Um, and that's like really, and, and weirdly, and I almost want to give you Miss Austin regrets is because Mr. Miss Austin is her niece is visiting and there's this doctor who's older and Miss Austin is like thinks that the doctor has something for her and then all of a sudden his attention turns on to her much younger niece Mm. and you're devastated for her right like it's that Japan now is like England in 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 1796 in in some respects um so yeah that's well, you're getting the first three. Yes. So I am interested to read to continue to see sort of what happens. I always, the, what you've said, it, I'm interested in. I thought it was just going to be like this bashing of 33-year-olds for uh, for pages and pages and pages. But and now- I mean, I, I understand your point about like, you know, if it's just like, if it's just the regret. Yeah. Without... You know, I'm going to let her regrets in my life as well. Mitch very by resonates with me. <laughs> I read about her regrets and I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if the opposite isn't addressed, we're like, you know, you went through, you, know, you veered from the path, yeah, society's path for a reason. Um, I am optimistic that that will be there, judging from her little essay thing in the... Uh, Which I'm interested to read. I don't think she's that simplistic of a storyteller. Um, but again, this is also like a comedy you know jose romance jose manga um so i don't know how deep it's gonna get but it definitely i felt it went deeper than than most manga offerings aside from like stuff done by dudes which is like oh let's get let's have a fucking murder thrown in there or something you know, let's, <laughs> let's, let's get gory and i like you know, murder uh <laughs> all the good night poom poom for caitlin okay. next week um so anyway Okay. Well, uh, I give it a six. Six, but with an asterisk. Yes, because I this is one thing that I am interested in reading, and this is why I, I even after I was like, oh, it's not here at the library yet. It's actually just like coming to the library. Mm. Um, I was like, no, I'm going to keep it on hold because I want to. I want to see. I want to see what happens and if it develops and if it is as amazing. And because it is someone who we love so much from a thing we loved so much. I want to see if it has that spirit to it. I found her on Instagram and they make Clara plushies and I want one so bad, Caitlin. What? I want a Clara plushie so bad. Clara plushie and a uterus plushie. That's all I need in my life. <laughs> to replace your current uterus? I wish. No. Um, my uterus is fine. It's just, you know, just my ovaries crocheting <laughs> from all that, that uterus skin. Um, uh, no. Um, 
Who made a uterus plush? Sarah Scribbles. Ah. Because she's done a couple things about uteruses and pain. Moving on. Yeah, that's right. It's my thing. <laughs> it is your thing. Yeah. Another comic. Comic time. Jordan, Kate. All right. So, I came to this like, weird How did you ever? <laughs> I was looking up different artists mm-hmm. and some of the best art from like the last, I don't know, last couple years in comics. Or I was on a list about like the best comics from 2017. You were on Pinterest. It's fine. You can admit it. I actually don't have a Pinterest account. What? Oh, no, I do, you but I, I very rarely use it. Um, I'm not like those crazy people that like have Pinterested their whole life. <laughs> I don't understand that. But anyways, so I was on some list and um, I know, as I said last week, I know um, Mr. Miracle and Big Barda from Justice League. Yes. Um, and I always really enjoyed their dynamic and I thought... Uh, like apocalypse, like was weird. The and new gods was so the fourth world and and seventies Kirby. Yeah, like how much? How many drugs was he on? A lot, a lot, apparently. So I was taking a look, and the art really interested me. I thought it was really interesting, and a lot of people had talked about. Um, I don't know how to say his uh, last name. Mitch Gerard Gerads. Ger- Garads. I I don't know how to say his last name, but apparently, like, one of the best artists working in the business today, and he'd done all his, like, sketching and inking and all of that himself. So I started reading it, and I didn't get as far as I wanted. It was one of those things that I picked up, and um, I think I read two or three issues of. And since we were talking last week about, like, the difference in what you think of as, like, a good comic art style mm. and what I thought of a good, good comic art style. This kind of came to mind as like an updated version of old art styles. If mm. that makes any sense. Like the, does that make any sense? Yeah. Like it's, it's very comic book E comic book character. E. So I'll read the little DC, uh, bit about it. Sorry, um, th- This is the recent Mar- Mr. Miracle. Oh, did I not say any of that? No, you just kind of no. veered in. Okay. It. So it's, uh, Mr. <laughs> Miracle, uh, 2017 um and it there's it, that's all so don't read the kirby i mean you can read the 70s kirby stuff but like be warned he was on a lot of drugs so from the award uh winning team behind the sheriff of babylon and the hugo award-winning uh or hugo award nominated writer of vision comes a unique new take on one of jack kirby's most beloved new gods scott free is the greatest escape artist that ever lived so great that he escaped granny goodness's gruesome orphanage and the dangers of apocalypse to travel across galaxies and set up a new life on earth with his wife the former female fury known as big barda mm. using the stage alter ego of mr miracle he has made a career for himself showing off his acrobatic escape techniques. He even caught the attention of the Justice League, which count- counted him among his- its ranks. Uh, you may say Scott Free has everything, so why isn't it, it enough? Mr. Miracle has mastered every illusion, achieved every stunt, pull- pulled off every trick except one. He's never escaped death. It is-, is it even possible our hero is going to have to kill himself if he wants to find out? So it's written by Tom King. He's done a ton of Batman and illustrated by, like I said, Mitch Gerards, um, who's done The Punisher and some other stuff as well. Um, and, you know, this is Mr. Miracle like you've never read him before. One of the things I also really liked about this book was the psychology 
And I think that um, whenever the panels do something different in a comic book, I'm very intrigued. But Jordan, what did you think? So before our talk about TTG, I thought this was going to be the type of episode where like each thing we gave was a slam dunk and it's just because the other person got to it first. Yeah. Um, fortunately, I was wrong uh, for, my, for my part. Sorry. Hey, um, it might be a slam dunk. Remember Asterix, <laughs> right? I knew about this book by reputation for okay. a while. Um, when it came out, Tom King kind of became the bell of the ball with this vision book he wrote. Right. Um, yeah. And I think we talked actually about the vision book. Which was like Marvel, Marvel, and now DC apparently will sometimes, you know, do these books where they'll like let somebody go play in their own little corner yeah. with these characters. Matt Fraction's Hawkeye is probably the best example of that where it's like, well, it was Hawkeye on his day off. Like, right. Um, and with the vision, it was like the vision made himself a family. Yeah. And, and I think we talked about that and it's like, you know, awesome and it, was, was. it was like American beauty with, with androids yeah. basically. Um, and I always hear really good things about it. I have not read all of the vision book and I heard he was now doing Mr. Miracle and that piqued my interest because Caitlin is like crazy seventies DC. No, Jordan is like crazy seventies DC. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The more bat shit, the better. And, I knew about the, you know, the escape artist trying to escape death. So he kills himself in the beginning, like, or tries to kill himself in the beginning. And I had seen some of those panels, but I just, I never got back to it. And now I almost feel like I need to marshal my speech a little bit because I read it all. Um, That's great. Everything available. It's not done yet. It's going to be a 12, 12 issue miniseries like the vision was. And I think issue eight came out. I think red issue eight. Right. Um, so I ain't going to watch what I say. I will say, so you only knew, like, how much did you have to piece together? Like, you only knew the animated stuff? That's your only... I only knew the animated stuff. I didn't know any, like, I, I may have done a little bit of Wikipedia-ing um, because I was so intrigued and I had to have, like, senior correspondent. I was like, who the hell <laughs> are these people? What's a Metron? <laughs> and um, he was like, he pieced them together. But they did actually go, like... They went in the in the animated series, like they went to Apocalypse. You found out about the uh, the pits and like all of that. The baby swap and all that. Um, the baby swap they didn't talk about, but I actually read both the first issue and the director's okay, cut. Okay, I was going to talk about the director's issue, cut, which we should talk about because I was the director's cut. Yeah. Well, throughout the series, there is this like um, narration yes. done by like what seems like a television announcer. The book also has a very like. I'm not entirely convinced anything that's happening in this book is actually happening. Right. Um, part Which of that, what I love part of that has to do with the, there's a constant like screen flicker effect happening on the panels mm-hmm. and the coloring and the art. Mm-hmm. Like literally it looks like what you're seeing and then like it's cut out. Um, and there's this narration that sounds like a TV announcer, which is like, here he comes. Look at him. It's Mr. Miracle. Like a, like a yeah. 20s newsreel type of guy. Yeah. Um, and in the director's cut, and this probably got cut for page count, mm-hmm. there's a like four page, like, recap yeah which was really helpful the new the fourth world yeah and gives you basically like the capsule review of new genesis apocalypse mm-hmm. high father dark side the anti-life equation the whole point yeah. of the fight there the battle which basically is long story short there was a war dark side wants this thing dark side is like you know this guy that looks like concrete maybe you've seen him he's <laughs> got a badass name listen the best thing <laughs> the best thing kirby ever did for dc was give us dark side like that guy's just yeah. like super badass Darkseid wants this thing called the anti-life equation, which can do, I don't know, something. It's a MacGuffin. It, uh, it's like, it shows up all the time. And like Lex Luthor, like, 
got sucked into it. Listen, at some point. because Grant Morrison is Grant Morrison. He actually tried to like do it once. <laughs> like Grant Morrison has a whole batshit uh, Mr. Miracle take as well right. that he did with a black guy named Shiloh Walker, I think. Okay. Um, and Dark Side is a gangster called Dark Side, like it's spelled properly. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got nothing for you for that one. <laughs> um, art was good though. But there was war to cease the war. It's basically decided that the son of uh, the High Father, yep, the, the Happy Fun Place, happy who fun is place. who is Mister Miracle, uh, who as pointed out in the book never actually has a name, mm-hmm. um, is given to Darkseid, and Orion, Darkseid's kid, is given to High Father and raised on New Genesis. And yes, as young Mister Miracle is constantly trying to escape the pits that he's kept and tortured on yep. by the, the horrible grainy goodness. Mm. <laughs> 70s Kirby. So weird. Um, he's constantly escaping. She nicknames him Scott free because he's always escaping ha, and ha, 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 ha. puns. And that's, that's where we are. And in the book, he is an established celebrity of yep. sorts, I guess. And it starts with his suicide attempt in a very like Frank, take on it and nobody really knows why he did it or what he was trying to do or and i gotta say the director's cut of the suicide is has way more impact than the like full colored regular like issue one so go back and take a look if you can find it i do not generally i try to avoid having physical attraction for fictional characters okay since day one for big barda big barda so I like the big girls, y'all. What I love about Big Barda <laughs> is, and I love her, and and I actually was really intrigued by those characters because of like they're married and she's a lot taller, mm. and it like shifts convention, which I love. I love anything she's, that's she's babe, she's the alpha. Like, yeah, she's, she's the strong fighter, and he's like this kind of like you know squirrely, you know. Yeah. But she's like, well, she keeps on saying, I'm too tall. And he'll say, no, you're perfect. And I'm like, oh, it just makes me so happy. The depiction of their relationship here is a step above, like, the characterization between the two of them there. But what the book really does is it plays this, like, the batshit insanity of fourth world Kirby with mental health and domesticity type of thing. Like, it's, I don't know what, I don't even know what to say about this book. Um, Because it's so You can just only say, like. Good, but bizarre. Things like, um, like Big Barda something or Barda something wrong. Your eyes, they're they're brown, but they're. He thinks they're, her eyes were supposed to be blue. Yeah. Yeah, but, and then later on, her eyes are blue. Yeah, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Even. And given things again, things I don't want to say too much about that happened yeah. later on in the book. It's like I'm convinced none of this is actually happening, and yeah. I don't I don't know what it's going to be, or where he is. I saw where we're left off in issue eight. I saw that coming. I'm like that's definitely where this is gonna go, but I don't know. I don't know how we're getting out of it. Right. So that'll be interesting to and see. Yeah, just this stuff that's going on in the even in the I think it was like the second or third issue, just with like Orion and and like. So by the time you got to, did they get like recruited back to the war? Like, yeah, they're at war again. New yeah. Genesis and Apocalypse are at war again, and now it's Dark Side on one side and Orion's the High Father. Right, High Father got killed. Yes, they mentioned that. So now Orion is the High Father of New Genesis and. Is High Father or is Orion good in this role or bad? We don't he seems quite pretty know. Slimy. Uh, and that character has always kind of been that character. He's yeah. like you know fought on the side of angels, but has been you know got some anger issues and things like that. That's yeah. always been like his characterization. The collision of the domesticity with 
the like insanity, like <laughs> the shower. <laughs> Of the shower. <laughs> How do you do the sh- Am I clean? I'm going to assume you didn't get to the veggie tray. No. There's a bit with a veggie tray later on okay. that I'm like, ah, this is ridiculous. And you just see like Barda and two other like new gods sitting there. Orion comes in and has this big like Orion thing. And Barda's just like, we got a veggie. <laughs> or like before Scott says something, he's like, I'm getting a carrot. <laughs> they take a moment. He goes over. He grabs a carrot from the veggie tray <laughs> and eats it. Um. And then a, thing, a, bat, a crazy thing happens later, and Orion's like, Jesus Christ. And then he goes over and grabs a carrot and eats it. Like, um, stuff like that. And there's another scene where, for reasons, they both can't be at war at the same time. So the, like, juggling of, like, one day, Scott is, like, fighting the bug hordes of, you know, yeah. whatever, while Bart is at home taking care of some other responsibilities. Um the, the they're going through the boom tube and she's like, I've gotten like Cindy to say she'll come over and feed the cats. Like, I'm just like, this is amazing. Um, yeah. So I haven't, it's, I don't even know what to say about this book aside from it's weird as shit and it's amazing. And it's as amazing as everyone told me it was going to be. I just never got, never got around to it yet. Um, and Tom King is like, that's two for two for that dude. Like, and I haven't read, I remember you talking about the vision books. I hadn't read them at all. So I was actually coming into this because of the art mm. um, and just found this like amazing story while I was there. There are some great covers on here. There's a cover later on of like, like Barda and Scott embracing in mm. costume, but just like the way it's framed and the way it looks is just like, yeah, you put that on a poster and hang it in my house. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, this yeah, this, this book is great. This is like I don't think I don't think anybody anybody who pays attention. We're not reinventing the wheel here. This book is fucking great, and yeah. you should be reading it. This is the best of what comics can do, and what superhero comics, especially, can do. This is the stuff we're talking about. And, like, and when you're taking something and like revamping it, or renewing it, or telling a story with old characters, this is the type of stuff I love. This, I don't want to hear an origin story again. Yeah, this <laughs> I is don't totally need an origin story. Totally the type of thing. You should be doing. I need four it. panels of of explanation, <laughs> and then away we go. Um, so yeah, it's like a nine. Fantastic! Boom! I'm so pleased. Drop bombs on that. I don't think even a first trade of this is out yet. They'll probably no. break it up into two trades, but definitely when that comes out, cop that, check it out, get it from your library. Absolutely. Actually, you it's not in the library yet because there's no trade. It's not collected yet. Um. Or, you know, listen, Comixology is out there. You can probably get the issues for Mad Cheap. Yep. Uh, digital. Definitely peep that. It was fantastic. Yeah. Well, friends, you can't say we didn't leave you with a meaty episode. Yeah, we did. Before heading heading off into the sunset to get some rays, to play outside, to go on vacations. Yep. Vacations. To do Woo! all that stuff. We will miss you, though. Oh, we will miss you so much. We'll miss each other. I'll miss you. Yeah, I'll miss you, too. I mean, I'm going to see you, but. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we will. But we don't tell them that. No, we don't tell them They're that. They're going to get jealous. If you would like to express your dismay, your anguish, your despair at our absence. Your ennui. Your, your ennui. <laughs> <laughs> if you suffer from ennui, you'd like to express your ennui to us. We have a few ways you can do that. Primarily Twitter, at GeekDownPod. Get above Instagram, at GeekDownPod. Gmail. GeekDownPod at gmail.com. Or, we're less likely to check it while we're on hiatus, but you can try. <laughs> www.facebook.com forward slash geek down pod get at us all those ways if you want to try to woo us back financially you want to try to woo us back a little earlier <laughs> money talks y'all does we don't want you to have those heavy pockets in the summer listen 
Thigh chafe, y'all. That's all I'm going to say. Thigh chafe. Anything you can do to alleviate that, you'll thank us for it later. Yeah. So you can hit up our Patreon. Patreon.com slash GeekdownPod, or if that's too much of a commitment for you, we understand. If you want to buy us an ice cap. Buy us an ice cap. Or just Caitlin some ice because she can't drink anything <laughs> Nothing ever. with milk in it. Just some, uh, you know, just some dishwater strained through a, a tea bag and a dish towel with some tap water pouring through it. That's about all Caitlin can have. Woo. I'm sure the tea bag has gluten in it or something and you can't have it actually <laughs> submerged in your water. I don't know. I'll still take your $3 and buy something else with it. Kofi.com. K-O-F-I.com slash GeekDownPod. Throw us three bucks at your leisure, however you want to do it. We love it all. We appreciate it all. We do. Thank you. Listeners, we will miss you. We will be back in August for August Watcharama. Luke Cage will be first up. If you want to give you ample time to watch yep. some Luke Cage. A long time. So spoiler warning. Fuck y'all. You didn't do your homework. Yep. It's not our fault. So we will be back with you on August 7th. Friends, enjoy your summer. My name's Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And we love you. We'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs> Shiny iPad. Yeah. Chauncey and Philip. Flying through the sky. Making friends. Start with your thing, yes. Bad guys. <laughs>